0: Talk Radio. hey, good morning folks. I hope everyone is having just a rock star of a day you know it is uh it is actually looks a little cloudy down here at the beach today. We may get a little bit of rain, but it has been uh, it's been awesome. I was home this week, which i I tell you it seems like every other week i have been on <laughs> i've been on the road next week is my uh my relaxing week. I'll spend the week with Dalton, my 22-year-old, as we, for the 13th year in a row, uh, will be at the Catalyst Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, over the last few years, we've been uh, we've been working on the A team, the actual team behind the scenes that helps to logistically make sure that this event goes off uh, without a hitch. Working with over 300 volunteers, Akimi Cole leads that team. Uh, Mandy Campbell's her assistant, and and we just have an, an awesome time. There's four or five of us there that it just it's it's a time when you can you can set back and realize there's something more important than yourself. There's something more important going on in life than just your daily crap that you go through. And right now, without getting into detail, I mean our our family's got all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, and it's something that I look back. I was out at the beach today. Looking back, as I studied this chapter that we're getting ready to get into, and I thought, man, <clears throat> I can see where growing up, life was different than some kids grew up in. Uh, I had a, uh, I had a, an interesting and very unique childhood. I think all, all the way up through my teen years, there, there was just we were just a little bit different, different backgrounds, different family, and as i look at where that has taken me what i've learned how i've learned to to grow as a as a man i realized that it all had to do with this deep seated vision that i have of changing the world of of being second not wanting to be first which is just freaking counterproductive or, or, or countercultural, I guess, would even be a better word for it. Everybody talks about be number one, be number one, be number one, go, 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 go. And I thought that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I thought you know there can only be one president there can you know at a time and all that stuff. But but then I realized something. Sometimes being number two allows you to touch so many more lives. And as I studied this chapter today, I, I wear a wristband that says I am second it's a whole, I mean, that's a whole movement. You can go check it out. But I thought, man, this is so cool. Because in chapter 3 in David Beard's book, David Byrd, I guess, B-Y-R-D, what I have learned, what I have seen so far in just the first two chapters has been pretty rocking. And I thought, man, this is pretty wild. Because the power of vision is what really sets apart those that change the world, whether they're first or second. Mother Teresa was always second, but it's the vision. David writes this. He says, one of the most distinguishing characteristics of mankind is the creative gift of imagination. Now, as kids, we sit around and we imagine everything. We, well, I mean, good and bad, when you think about it. I've got a a four-year-old granddaughter that, that we're raising that hangs out with us, and we've got two kittens because in the wintertime the mice come in on the island. So we've got two cats to run around the house, and, and she doesn't want to sleep in her bedroom because the cats have shadows on the wall and the, her imagination goes wild. And we do that as children. We even do that as an adult. We'll get into that in a minute. But when you think about it, what sets us up from a cat or a dog or a monkey even is our imagination, our ability to dream bodacious dreams. Now, that's that's pretty cool. See, there's, there, there's just creative power that goes into your brain when you have the ability to imagine not just your future. But think about this. How many great artists have you seen? I talked yesterday about my mom and her ability to do so many different things. I love I love making wooden pins, you know, using a lathe and, and I love creating and, and drafting and and I'll work in metal, it doesn't matter. I just love using my hands. See, when you when you have that creativity there, it kind of opens up new doors. And one of the things that I've found is that the effective leaders that I've been able to be around, they benefit from the power of vision. See, they're able to build internal motivations that are stronger than any comfort zone. And they push through those barriers. A lot of the martial arts that I learned over the years came from not just practicing them, but mentally playing that role over and over MMA fighters do this constantly because unlike a, a traditional fighting discipline, they got to use a variety of things. they got to make sure that they're there to win. They've got to know how to counterbalance. When I was a bounty hunter, this was so important because I would set for hours and literally case an operation, knowing I had to go in there and get somebody out that didn't want to go to jail, that I would run every scenario through my mind. What if they do this? What if they do that? What if they try that? What if they try this? Where would I hit? Where would I, you know, how can I take them down? How can I do, constantly, the mental state, the imagination of you being able to do all kinds of stuff, good or bad, all comes from this ability. David puts it in these words that I thought were great. Vision counterbalances the forces of apathy by building a picture of the ideal future. Paige and I had a dream a dream book from 1990 until the day we moved down here it still sits on my bookshelf. The house we wanted, the days that we wanted, what we wanted our life to be like, all that kind of stuff. It is the most rocking thing you've ever seen because as we've as we've grown over the years as we've lived here now for 13 years. We truly I mean it's just awesome because we've been able to see how so much of our dream book has come true. Not not totally in the way that we envisioned it, but it came true. James Jeffrey Lord said this, Vision is more than the future as we imagine it might turn out. It is the willed future, a picture of the future as we want to make it. Now, I'm not talking about the, the word of faith movement. I'm not talking about the law of attraction movement. I'm not talking about faking it till you make it. I'm talking about having that... Deep down desire of what the future is going to be like. I call it your vision, your passion, your kazon—that's a Hebrew word. See, when you when you dig deep and you start to see what your vision is supposed to be, I truly believe it's an inspiration from God. It's something that just doesn't go away. I have the ability to help so many different companies and people in network marketing. I've been called the hired gun. If you want to get your story out there, if you want to combat the negativism that, that might be on the net, the critical information. People say, just hire Troy and he'll take care of it. Well, it's not necessarily true. I'm, I'm very picky on clients. I'm even pickier now that I've gone through some really crazy stuff in 2012. But see, what happens is I just I have a passion for the truth. I have a passion for getting facts in front of people. See, I believe when you push that forward and you push that agenda, it's really good. Because you're able to really help people in a big, big way. When you can help people, the sky is the limit on where it can go and what can happen. But it takes vision to do that. It takes an ability to be confident in what you're able to do, what you're capable of doing. See, when you can actually rock the house that way... It's a beautiful thing. You're able to know what your stance is in life, what it is you're supposed to be doing. When you do that, everything changes. And that's what David's talking about here. He says something about vision and action, and I thought this was pretty powerful when he wrote it. He says there's some studies that were conducted back in the 60s that scientifically substantiated the power of vision. One of those studies involved a group of behavioral science scientists who randomly selected a group of junior high boys and girls and divided them into two groups. The test? Shoot a basketball through a hoop for a set number of free throws from the foul line on a basketball court. Very simple. The two groups were given the initial test without any practice to establish the baseline. Then each group was given one week to practice. Now here's where it gets interesting. For a set period of time each day, the two groups practiced shooting free throws. However, one group physically practiced with the ball, actually shooting it, while the second group practiced mentally by imagining themselves standing on the foul line and shooting the ball successfully through the hoops. One week of physical versus mental practice, the two groups were pitted against each other for the final test. The purpose was to measure and compare the improvements from the first test. This is interesting. Now, listen. The test showed that not only did the group who mentally practiced show the highest percentage of improvement, but also they actually beat the group that had practiced with the ball. Your mind was created by God, your mind cannot differentiate fantasy from reality. And and what science has been able to prove, and back up from the Bible, is that what you feed your mind will come out in your actions. If you feed it with garbage, garbage comes out. I didn't used to understand that until my dad got older. As my dad got older and matured in his ways, sometimes he would sit down and we would talk, and he would talk about the crap in his life from when he was young. The anxiousness, the pain. Even today, periodically, he'll, he'll think back to that crap that's in his life. Now, he straightened his act up pretty young, pretty early, but it was still a pretty rough life. I see myself that way. I see my boys that way. So many times, we allow so much garbage in our heads that it affects every area of our life. That's what we've got to work on. We've got to change. See, using the imagination to mentally practice an idea, a physical performance, a positively influenced actual result, it always does that. See, if we will just mentally practice on everything, whether it's picking up the telephone and talking, recruiting people into your business, making a new sale, inventing something brand new, breaking through a comfort zone, whatever the case may be. Because what happens is we're able to see the end game. I was talking with with Ken Dunn, one of the founders of Ocean Avenue yesterday, and we were talking about that very thing. He said, Troy, we all, everybody in the field, no matter who it is, whether it's me or somebody else, he's talking about himself. You have to start with the end game in mind. I said, well, share with me so that I can make sure I report on this correctly. He said, here's what it narrows down to. You have... In their case, a crowned ambassador position. He said, so you've got to start as a distributor in the field, building your organization as if you're already a crowned ambassador so that by the time you get there, you've strategically created something that will live on and on and on. becomes a living movement of people out there changing lives. I thought, man, what a, what a cool concept. See, when I look at all the great leaders in network marketing and in party plan companies and single level programs that are out there just beating the streets, making sales, they all start with an end game in mind. Then I started back and looked at my own life and realized what everything that I've created, everything God has blessed me with, I started with an end game in mind. I saw my wife at 16 and knew that I wanted her barefoot and pregnant. And now we live at the beach. She's always Barefoot, and we've had six beautiful kids. Now we're raising three grandkids. Over a 20 year period, all we did was raise children. It's been the most awesome freaking thing you've ever seen. Not saying that it doesn't have its ups and downs, so trust me on that one. But it's just so radically cool. When you start with the end game, when you have the vision, Florence Chadwick, back in, I think it was 1952, long before I became a speckle in my daddy's eye. She was 34 years old, and she wanted to do something that nobody else had done, at least no other woman had done, and that was swim the Catalina Channel in California. She started out on a, on a, a brisk, cool day. The water was chilly and, and bone crushing, really. It was foggy out. Fatigue was never her issue, but the cold water can really drive you mentally insane. It's just like being in the snow. I, I got caught out in the snow in a blizzard one night when I ran out of gas. And I know I know what cold can do. It's it's a crazy thing. Something that you don't you don't like, you don't want, but it's there. So she's going. There's there's been sharks floating around her. She's got her boats beside her. They're they're pushing away the sharks. And she looks up at her coach, and she says, "I I, I need out of the water. I can't make it." And her coach is saying, you're almost there. Come on, you can do it. And she says, no, I can't. She looks up and all she sees is the deep fog. She can't see the shoreline. She's been in the water for 15 hours. She's not fatigued. She's just freaking cold. She's getting mentally exhausted because she can't see the shoreline. So her trainer pulled her out of the water. And a few minutes later, as she looked up at the shore, she realized she was only a half a mile away from the line. She could have made it, but she couldn't see. She couldn't see it. You've got to be able to see the shore. You've got to have the end game in mind. You've got to know what the reward is going to be of the vision. the only way to do it 13 years in a row I've worked catalyst I understand what I'm doing I can I can already smell all the different smells that come from the arena I already know who's going to be there and the hugs and the love that we're going to have I already know that I'm going to walk downstairs into to volunteer central I'm going to be in the green room behind stage I'm going to meet some great I already know all that I know what boxes, how to move them, what needs to be moved, the best way to get it done. Dalton and I work as a tag team. I mean, it just we just know each other's personalities. We know what needs to be done and how to do it. We have the end game in mind. We know that on Monday morning, we will start unloading boxes like you can't believe. 300 different volunteers are going to show up. A staff of less than 25 will facilitate the whole thing. And by Friday night at 9 o'clock, as we're sitting around eating a victory dinner, we will celebrate, as we know, 15,000 people's lives have been changed over a five-day period. Really, three for the main bunch, but five for the rest of us. See, when you have a cleared vision and you know what the end game's going to be, the sky is the limit. You've got to have the vision. you got to know where you're going. Here's why vision produces some resistance. This is why people really don't want the the future to change. They like to stay in that apathetic mode is, number one, their past conditioning. See, when when you've been conditioned a certain way, you think rich people are bad. You think the government is out to get everybody. You know, it doesn't matter how you look at it or what you look at it. We've all been preconditioned for something. Until you break through that, you, you will resist the future. Fear. <laughs> fear alone can paralyze us. It's a terrible thing. you got to break through the fear. See, fear limits your ability to build a clear vision because you are afraid of committing to something that might not happen. Whoa! Committing to something that might not happen. Hey, you know what? We can change change that if we want to. See, I believe vision is like faith. Faith for things hoped for but not yet seen. I think that's Ephesians eleven one. It's my paraphrase. I mean, Lord, they wouldn't let me write the Bible because I'd i would be getting it wrong, but I know what it says. So how do you break through this? This is what you got to ask yourself. If past conditioning and fear hinder you, then how can you, in the next ten minutes, figure out how to create and get that power of vision? Number one, start and keep your dream list. I told you, Paige and I had a whole dream book we put together, pictures and sayings, and and, uh, and we wrote down our perfect day, what we saw driving down the beach, all that good stuff. Write down in that dream list what you want to be, what you want to have, what you want to do, what you want to become, who you want to touch, how you want to change the world. Put all this stuff down. There can never be something too bodacious I learned that word now. I overuse it all the time, but I think it's pretty cool. This is important that you do this right. Don't try to be a judge and say, oh, well, that's probably just daydreaming. Because daydreaming, uh, you know, here, matter of fact, here's something David writes I think is good. He says, the power of vision in, involves your imagination but should never be associated with childish daydreaming or wasting time. I'm getting a brand new rocking chair. I know some of you, this is probably freaking weird, but... I've got this really beautiful oak rocking chair that I want really bad. And it costs several hundred dollars. And it's got the American flag in the back of it that's just, just I mean, it's just beautiful. And you guys know, if you, if you follow any of my videos, I'm, I'm about as patriotic as the day is long. If you see me in public, I wear Tom shoes that are made out of flags. My phone cases are flags. You know, I serve this country. I love this country. My heritage goes clear back to the very beginning of this country. Some of my, my relatives fought in the Civil War for for against against the northern crashers. And that's a whole nother deal. Okay, we were rebels and still are. I love my country. I don't always agree with its government. But I know I can vote them in or vote them out. See, I love this country. And when you have a vision and you're keeping a dream list, then you know without a shadow of a doubt that you can change the world, not just your own country. That's what's big. So you've got to keep a dream book. How do you want to affect the world around you? Starting with your little city, starting with your family. second thing you've got to do is you've got to write a vision statement. The statement has to be written just in a paragraph format, Shouldn't be more than one page. It probably, I don't know. It should probably be dated out to what you see your vision for five, ten years down the road. But you want it to be clear and crisp. It's got to penetrate your heart. I'd even, I'd even suggest doing this for your family. Have a vision family statement. That'd probably be pretty good too. Number three, you need to set annual goals. I'm going to add something right here to to, to David's book you got to set annual goals and 90-day action plans. Only way you're going to make it. 90-day action plans, your goals. And here's what your goals. Your goals have to be smart goals. I don't know where I stole that from. I stole it from somebody. It's not in David's book, but I'm going to use it. Number one, actually he has these words in here. He just doesn't have it as smart. So, so write the word smart on your paper. Number one, your goals have to be specific. That's the S. They have to be measurable, which means they also have to include a target date, a completion date on them. They got to be attainable. They got to be realistic. They got to be tangible. Now I don't use the word goals very often because I just I I was in the military. We had objectives, missions and objectives. That's all we ever had. And when you have objectives and you have a mission, then you always have a benchmark to measure by. You may not hit your objectives, but you actually see a process that it took you to get there, and you know what you need to change in order to hit it the next time. That's a whole different training that I do. But goals work in this, but they've got to be smart. They've got to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and tangible. And you probably shouldn't. You shouldn't have more than three to five annual goals. Period. Probably one in each of the, of the major areas of your life: financially, health-wise, business-wise, your 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 personal life, your your love life with your wife, whatever, your kids, all that good stuff. It's the only way to make it happen. Only way to make it happen. Step number four: you got to review your vision statement regularly. But now here's something about. You know, I said your goals have to be realistic. Your vision statement does not have to be realistic. It has to be compelling, heart throbbing. It's got to get you outside your comfort zone. When you look at that, you've got to realize, man, I don't even know if I can make this happen. That's what gets you excited. When you look at that and realize you've got to push, 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 push hard. That's the name of the game. I thought I could be a Marine. I thought I wanted to be a Marine. I signed up and three days later left on a plane to San Diego. Got off the bus and realized I don't know if I want to be a Marine. And for six of 12 weeks I was a maggot. You got to be there to understand that one. At the end of 12 weeks I stood on a parade deck. Just me. I mean, some of the guys had their parents and stuff. It's a big deal. But I stood there. As I watched a drill instructor salute me and say, Welcome to the family, Marine. See, it's interesting. When you when you know that you've got a bodacious goal, in my case, to be part of the few and the proud... When you push and you pull, when you take off the judge's robe and let your imagination flow, it's amazing what can happen. Step number five is you've got to share your vision statement. Share it with your mentor. Share it with your wife. My wife and I made a commitment. We were, Matter of fact, we were out at the beach this last weekend just going through some life challenges that we had, loving on each other, praising God for what we had, and realize that we're going to hold each other accountable. We're partners in life, business and else. So you've got to share your statement. You've got to be accountable. You've got to let the results flow. Dave writes this. With a mentor, share your vision statement and ask them to hold you accountable. Accountability and results management are the two strongest motivations he has ever experienced. They can change your world. And by the way, if you guys don't know it, Florence Chadwick took a second run at being the first woman to ever go go through the actual channel. And in doing that, not only did she set a a woman record, she broke the men's record. That's pretty powerful when you think about it. It can really change a lot of things. Here's what we learned from this chapter. Number one, the creative power of imagination is unique to humans. We have something there that we can grow with. Number two, the power of vision builds internal motivations and are stronger than any comfort zone for security. Number three, vision is the fuel for the fires of positive expectations. Number four, many people will quit short of their desired outcome if their minds are limited by a lack of vision. Number five, vision places the compelling why behind what you do. Your vision will share it. You will know it in your heart. Number six, you may resist the use of the vision because your past conditioning or because of fear. You can use the five steps to build your vision. Smart goals, remember? Remember? And what you see will always, always be what you get. It has always been that way. If you don't believe me, read just read the New Testament. Read what Jesus wrote and you will see what I'm talking about. And I love this little book. It's a rock star book. Um you can go to Amazon and get it. You can go to Tripping Point Books. It's called The Tripping Point in Leadership. Overcoming Organizational Apathy. By David Bird, Byrd, B-Y-R-D. Uh, man, powerful, powerful book. Tomorrow, Chapter 4, The Power of Attraction. I think you're going to love it. It's going to be a good deal. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous, stay strong, and if you're in network marketing, act like it. You've been listening to the Beachside CEO heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.